Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction fantasy. This is episode 168, and we are recording on January 5th. I'm Jen Northington. I'm here with Danica Ellis, filling in for Sharifa. Hello, Danica. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I can't remember if we've done an SFF no, show together before. I don't think so. I don't think we have. I don't know if we've ever done a podcast yeah. before, actually. Yeah, this is new. <laughs> It's new. It's exciting. It's exciting. Well, I'm very happy you're here. Um, And today we're going to be talking about the books that we are most looking forward to in the first half of 2024, which is always a delight. I had a really hard time narrowing it down. I don't know about you. Well, you do know about me because I fully cheated. Well, that's true. (laughs) Well, that's good then because I also have cheated, so we're fine. Everything's fine. We're just going to cheat our way through this, which feels correct. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's see. Before we get into our news, a reminder. Actually, Danica, it's so good to have you here for this. Read Harder is happening. Read Harder 2024. Do you want to tell the people about what makes this year special? Yeah, well, this is the 10th year of Read Harder, which is amazing and hard to believe. Yeah, (laughs) This is the 10th year we've been running it. Uh, So as usual, there's 24 tasks. They are meant to get you to pick up books that you wouldn't otherwise try, maybe find some new favorites. And if you want recommendations for each task, you can sign up for the Read Harder newsletter. And what is new this year is that there's also a paid subscriber option where you get lots more recommendations for each task. And you also get community features where you can connect with other people who are doing the Read Harder Challenge. And I feel like these are the most passionate and interesting readers on the (laughs) internet. So it's really great to have this little community feature now. And I am... I am heading the newsletter this year, and I'm already having a lot of fun with it. We'll also be talking about other reading challenges, readathons, keep you up to date on the things happening on the bookish internet. So you should check it out. It's at bookriot.com slash read harder to sign up for the newsletter. And that is bookriot.com slash read harder. I also think it's important to note that your dog Scrappy will yeah, also true. be <laughs> making appearances in the newsletters yeah. and posts. That is very important. He is our mascot. He is I am. <laughs> I'm like the like secretary of the Scrappy <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Big fan. All right. So that's your Read Harder reminder. Um, we are going to take a quick sponsor break and then we'll get into some news. All right, Danica, what story do you want to talk about first? I mean, obviously, got to go with the Tolkien one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Have you, I feel like you already, did you talk about this a little bit before, before it got to the the ruling? Or is this the first time that it's being discussed on the show? I think it's the first time it's being discussed on the show, this particular iteration. So, like, people are always 
like copyright infringing on the Tolkien yeah. estate. Um, I feel like this is, <laughs> I mean, the audacity is incredible. It's an author named Demetrius Polychron, which points for the name, um, mm-hmm. published a book that was a, a sequel to Lord of the Rings, which you you just can't do. <laughs> You're not. You can't just try to sell a sequel to Lord of the Rings. Uh, But not only did this author do that, he then sued Amazon and the Tolkien estate because he claimed that Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, was based on his book. Um, And needless to say, it didn't go well. (laughs) They not only were like, that's not a thing, that's not how copyright works, but then the estate turned around and sued him back for, again, you can't just publish a sequel to a, <laughs> a property that's under copyright. So lost that, had to pay for all the attorney fees, um, as as you would expect. <laughs> this is, I like, the, <laughs> the judge said, um, called the claim or talked about the fantasticality of the claim, which I liked, and called it unreasonable and frivolous from the beginning. So, (laughs) My note in the agenda was, like, anyone is going to win a copyright infringement case against the Tolkien estate. Like, it is, like, the best defended copyright in the world next to Disney. Maybe even better than Disney, honestly. So, And as a place to start from, like... The fact that he managed to publish that book and not immediately be sued is amazing. Then to like try to sue them yourself, like what (laughs) What world are you in that you thought that would go well? Yeah, it does smack of the delusional, if not just complete misunderstanding about how copyright works. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because like I do hear about authors saying that they'll never read fan fiction of their work because they don't want to be influenced you know Mm. so Mm -hmm. I don't know I find that very interesting obviously you can't sue someone if they did base the official work on your fan fiction but uh, you can try apparently (laughs) and I I doubt that is I I haven't compared the two but I doubt that is where they got the idea (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Um, So that story is on Variety, reported on by KJ Yasmin. Thank you for that. Um, Sorry, sorry, Dimitrian Polychron. (laughs) Dimitrios Polychron. That's a... That's that's a fun one. Um, (laughs) uh, Where do I want to go next? I want to go to... Let's take a slightly more serious note, and then we will go back to some more fun stuff. Um, Just recently, author Richard Bowes passed away at 79. Um, There is an In Remembrance over on Tor.com by Vanessa Armstrong. And, you know, I saw this, and I don't think a lot of people know his name necessarily. But if you were in New York in the SFF community, which I was... Um, you knew him. Like he came to all the events we did at Word that were SFF, or at least a big enough that I like knew who he was. Um, I heard him read a couple of times, and he really was a 
sort of early writer of gay speculative fiction, which, you know, he had to, like, make space for that mm-hmm. um, himself. There wasn't a lot of space for that. And he, you can tell from the piece on tour that he really impacted a lot of folks um, who are writing now and who have been writing over the past years. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, uh, I just want to take a moment to to honor his legacy and, and, mm-hmm. and, um, tell you that, you know, you might want to pick up his stuff if you, if this is the first time you're hearing about him. Yeah. I'm surprised I hadn't heard about him reading, reading through this little bio, but yeah, I don't think his work got a lot of promotion and publicity mm, for yeah. reasons, you know, we can only try to guess <laughs> at, um, sarcasm. Um, but he was like a writer's writer, I think is, is, you know, there's so many, especially like I said, in the New York city sci-fi and fantasy scene, like right. everybody kind of knew everybody and read everybody else. And he was definitely a big part of that. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it makes me sad that like, this is what it takes, you know, to get somebody's name out there. Right. Yeah. Like it's nice to celebrate people while they're still around to get their flowers, but, um, better late than never. So yeah. RIP to Richard Bowes. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about Zelda? Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was reading through this article. Uh, it's on Wired, and it's What We Want Out of a Legend of Zelda Movie by Eric Ravenscraft. And I have not played Legend of Zelda, so I am looking at this from an outside perspective. But I find it really interesting that uh, this article really emphasizes that he should be silent because that's mm-hmm. how he is in the games, which I understand as a lover of the franchise that that would be important. I just don't know that the people making the movie care that much. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like that's a really big um, decision, like a, a very strong choice to have one of the main characters not talk in an entire movie. And I'm, mm. I'm doubtful that they would make that decision. What did you think of this? Well, so I haven't played any of the recent ones, but I grew up on Zelda. Mm-hmm. So that's my, you know, background. And also, you know, being friends with Preeti Chibber, she like sends me screenshots of her games all the time. <laughs> like she's like a huge Zelda fan. So I feel very <laughs> caught up on right. Zelda <laughs> by, you know, by uh, way of her. Um, and... I what I liked about this because you know so I have I have minimal stakes in this um, except that I'm always curious how it's gonna go when somebody makes a movie a lot especially live action like mm. you know uh, animated would make a lot more sense to me but right. no live action which everybody's doing now right like Disney is doing this everybody's doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's interesting. I actually really want them to cast Link as a non-speaking character for so many reasons. I mm. think A, there's a lot of folks out there, whether they've like chosen to be silent or are um, selectively mute, like mm-hmm. that would be a really beautiful thing to have on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that this this piece makes a really strong case for why you don't actually need Link to talk. Like there's so many other ways that Link communicates. And I right. just, I feel like that would be an amazing thing to see on screen. Now, do I agree with you that they probably won't? Yeah, I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> but we've seen, you know, I'm thinking about, um, oh, is it season one of The Good Place where uh, the one character oh, yeah. is, 
claiming a vow of silence and like they pulled that off and so like i feel like you know i mean that ended up being for different reasons but like i feel like it's possible i feel like it's totally Mm. possible so yeah it's just are they like brave enough and like committed enough to make the choice is what it feels like to me so yeah this article is also arguing that zelda should be the main character um yes Correct. I think would be amazing <laughs> and like a yeah. good hook. I feel like yeah, having this adventuring princess being the lead would draw in a lot of people. This, I don't, I don't know what the age bracket will be for this movie. I would guess PG thirteen or PG. Yeah, so I, I would think like that would draw in a lot of kids, regardless of whether they. Oh yeah. Yeah. the game. Also, I have to just <laughs> I love this quote from another article by Nathan Grayson that says mm. Link is a twink of action which I yeah. just love. <laughs> a twink of action, yes. So good. <laughs> it's just true. <laughs> so yeah. So if you have strong thoughts about uh, Legend of Zelda movie, um, you know where to email us or I'll tell mm-hmm. you later. Uh, so, I w- But I'm, yeah, I'm super curious to see what that ends up looking yeah. like. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, this is just my reminder that you can be a voting citizen reader in SFF if you are so inclined. Um, Voting is now open for the 38th annual Asimov Readers Award, which is specifically for things that were published in Asimov Science Fiction, which is a, you know, sci-fi fantasy periodical. Um, So I'm going to leave a link to that in the show notes. You can also nominate for the WSFA Small Press Award. I... Y'all know I'm a fan of the small presses and um, the Washington, D.C. Science Fiction Association is is doing a small press award. So I think that's super cool. I'm excited to see the shortlist um, and I might have some nominations to make for them. So those links will be in the show notes. File 770 does a great job of keeping up with all of that. So thanks to them for making sure I know about these things and then that you know about these things. <laughs> All right, we are going to take another break and then we are going to dive into our most anticipated. So, Danica, mm-hmm. I do this all the time. I'll like make rules for myself when I'm trying <laughs> to pick because otherwise it's like, how do I possibly right. narrow it down? Even with cheating, like, how do I possibly narrow it down? Mm-hmm to four like four and four is like a lot technically but like it's so hard it's so hard um and so this time I went through like the catalogs and just tagged everything that I wanted to talk Mm. about which was like I don't know like 50 books yeah um and then I went back through it and I was trying to you know hit a range of like vibes and authors and publishers and you know topics and subgenres um and I really tried hard this time to focus on people that I haven't read because a lot of my favorite authors have stuff coming out in the next year um but like I talk about them all the time anyway so I was trying right. to trying to broaden my uh my talking points a little bit um I'm still cheating but like regardless that was that was how I sort of approached this do mm-hmm. you have like an approach to this kind of thing yeah I so I write the newsletter our queer shelves and I have mm-hmm. a book blog called the lesbury so I keep track of upcoming queer book releases and I have a big spreadsheet of like 200 queer books coming out in 2024 that I know about so I was looking through that 
write the books I was most excited about. And then afterwards, I was like, do I know of straight books? Like, <laughs> I think, yeah, it's very interesting doing that newsletter because I've become so specialized that mm. I know a lot about especially new queer books and very little about anything else. So I had to really <laughs> rack my brain for anything that wasn't on that spreadsheet. Mm. But, you know. I'm usually most excited about the upcoming queer books anyway. Sure. So. <laughs> I mean, fair. It's it's important, you know, to have that representation out there, obviously. We mm-hmm. talk about that a lot. Um, but yeah, it is it is funny how we do, especially when it's part of your job, mm-hmm. you just get so laser focused on one section of what's yeah. coming up that you're like, wait, what is happening over there? Like, I totally <laughs> missed that. And yeah. it's not because we, it's not interesting. It's just mm-hmm. because that's not your job. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. The other aspect for me is I uh, am a co-host on all the books and we all have our own weeks where we're, you know, reading new books that are out that week. So I have the first Tuesday of the month, which means I am way more aware (laughs) of books that come out on the first Tuesday of the month (laughs) and way more likely to read a book if it comes out on the first Tuesday of the month. Like I'll be looking through new releases and like, "Mm, it's out on the 13th. I'll never read that. This is a deep dive, Danica. This is for our deep dive newsletter. I would love you to write like the way that like your specific jobs at Riot have yeah. like shaped it, like weird ways that your job has yeah. shaped your reading life. It's, it's very strange and so <laughs> arbitrary, but that's just how it works. The first Tuesday of the month. I love it. All right. So that gives you a little idea of what you're going to get from us today. <laughs> so I'm going to start off with my cheating um, and then we'll go in from there. So I, I said I was trying to pick people I hadn't read before. But I cannot not shout out Moon of the Turning Leaves by Wabgesha Grace, um, which is coming out in February from HarperCollins. I wrote it up for Book Riot's Most Anticipated, so I will leave a link in the show notes to that. I We have talked about Moon of the Crested Snow like a possibly a bajillion times on this show. I am so excited about the sequel. I think I've mentioned it before. Also, like, it's already out in Canada. So, like, oh. you could read it, Danica. Yeah. I can't read it yet, but you could read it. <laughs> and read the first I'm, one, so I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a good place to start. So, yes, yeah. if you haven't read Moon of the Crested Snow yet, maybe go read that. Um, and then Moon of the Turning Leaves, which is the sequel, which is a uh, near-future post-crash story from an indigenous perspective. Um, Rice is part of the Anishinaabe community. Uh, it's, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that was my cheat. I'm going to do one more <laughs> to get us on. Although you're cheating too, right? So yeah. maybe I'll just go straight to you. Okay. I'll just go straight to you. Okay. I have um, a a pair (laughs) because you asked for my most anticipated which means of course I have two different sapphic vampire books that are Mm. on my uh, TBR so the first one is one of the ones I'm most probably the one I'm most excited about is An Education and Malice by S.T. Gibson which is coming out February 13th This is the author who wrote A Dowry of Blood, which I absolutely loved. It's like a bisexual, polyamorous vampire story from the perspective of Dracula's wives, with wives in quotation marks. It's about (laughs) abusive relationships and revenge, and it has just all the decadence, blood, and sex you want from a vampire story. It's so good. And they have a new vampire book coming out this year 
really excited about. And it's a Carmilla retelling, which I'm mm. already obsessed with. If you haven't read Carmilla, read the one edited by Carmen Maria Machado. And if you have read Carmilla, still read that one again, because it's a whole <laughs> different experience. But anyway, this is like a dark academia story. It's set in St. Perpetua's College, which is a secretive girls' school, very competitive. And that's where Laura and Carmilla meet and immediately become academic rivals. And they have a mentor in the Professor de la Fontaine, who is obsessed with Carmilla. And obviously, Laura and Carmilla's rivalry turns into something else. And then there's a line in the description that says, Laura must confront her own strange hungers. Don't know what that means, but I'm excited to find out. And there's all kinds of dark politics of the school and dangerous magic. And I am so excited about it. I this is definitely one of my five star predictions for the year. Mm. And then I'm also just going to shut out the other sapphic vampire book on my TBR, which is Thirst by Marina Yusik, translated by Heather Cleary. This is set in Buenos Aires, and it is about a grieving woman who meets a vampire in a graveyard. It's told in two different time periods, so we get some of the history of Buenos Aires, and it's being compared to Shirley Jackson, Daphne du Maurier, and Carmen Maria Machado, which we already have established that I love. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so excited. I always pick up a sapphic vampire book, so I feel very lucky that there are two. Yes, that is excellent news. Mm -hmm. Uh, And love that you picked a translated book because my first one that is officially a pick um, is also translated. It's the book Censor's Library by Bathena El Asa, translated by Reina Abdelrahman and Sawad Hussein. Um, This is coming out from Restless Books in April. And I mean, any book that's about books is always like, you know, I'm going to at least look at it, (laughs) if not read it. Um, And this is a satire about book banning, which I feel like could not possibly be more relevant. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Danica takes turns with Kelly Jensen um, covering censorship news, and it is... The struggle is real, y'all. Yeah. Like it's a it's a lot. Um, so this feels really timely to me, and uh, it is about a person who censors books. Like this is kind of Fahrenheit four fifty one ish in that sense. Um, he goes through manuscripts at a government office looking for things that would mean that the book needs to be centered. But then at night he dreams about books and the novels that he is pilfering from his job um, build up around him. So he is trying to figure out, you know, how to balance his love for these stories with his day job and what happens when free speech is driven underground. So again, you know, feels super duper relevant to all of our lives. <laughs> the author is Kuwaiti, which I think is I'm excited to get a non-US perspective on this mm-hmm. because obviously I'm very familiar with the US situation right now, but less so with um, you know, around the world. So Again, that's the Book Censors Library. It's coming out in April. Um, And yeah, I'm super excited about that one. That one's on my TBR, too, because it's out the first Tuesday of April. It's the first Tuesday in April. (laughs) Amazing. Like, I'd probably be interested anyway because of the subject matter, but that bumps it up. (laughs) 
All right, I Love have it. another little cheating pair, and then I'll after that I'll <laughs> stop cheating. But this is two YA fantasy graphic novels that I'm excited about. You, you can't talk that much about why or about graphic novels, so it's fine. I'll just yeah, do both yeah. of them. So it, the first one is The Fox Maidens by Robin Ha. It's out in February, and this is set in 16th century Korea. It's about Kai, who wants to be a warrior, so she is training in her father's martial arts school, but there isn't really a place for women warriors in her society. And unsurprisingly, she has a lot of rumors around her, and people say that she is the daughter of a nine-tailed fox demon that her father killed which she doesn't believe until she starts to go through some unexpected changes in adolescence. And that's when her parents tell her the truth about her origins. And she has to go on a a quest to try to find a way around her destiny. This one is also sapphic. Very excited about that one. That's The Fox Maidens by Robin Ha. And the other YA fantasy graphic novel that I am counting down to is the first test graphic novel by Tamara Pierce, illustrated by Becca Farrow, which I am so excited about because I love Tamara Pierce's books. I actually discovered them as an adult, but still fell in love mm-hmm. with them. And my favorite lead is Kelladry of Protector of the Small. I just adore her. <laughs> and I actually, <laughs> I have like a list of things I mean to write about for Book Riot that I have had literally a, a idea on that list for years about why hasn't this book series been adapted into a graphic novel? Well, <laughs> so when I heard it was coming out, I lost my mind a little bit. I'm so excited. So the, if you don't know, this is about Kelladry. So before Kelladry, there was Alana. She disguised herself as a boy to become a knight. And then when she passed all the tests and became a knight, then girls theoretically were allowed to openly try to become knights. But Kelladry is the first one to actually attempt it because it is very discouraged. And she faces a lot of pushback and sexism from her peers and her teachers. There's a lot of double standards. But not only does she keep fighting to try to become a knight she also it's just she's just the best she protects everyone (laughs) she takes in like hungry birds and like defends bullied peers and i just i listened to the audiobooks again recently and was like crying i (laughs) I just love this series so i'm really excited to see how it's adapted and i hope more people discover it through that that's the uh first test graphic novel the Alanaverse is a good place to spend some time. Right. I think it's it's yeah, it's good. All right. Let's see. My next pick is I believe this is a debut. And when I tell you, yes, it is a debut. When I tell you the pitch line for this, you will all understand. So the book is called Ocean's Godori, and the author is Elaine Yu Cho. And here is the pitch line. Becky Chambers meets Firefly in this big-hearted Korean space opera debut. Like, the end. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Done. Yeah. I am so excited about this. Also, I love this, too. So the main character, Ocean, um, is descended from the Jeju Island divers, which there have been several novels about them, right? Mm -hmm. And that's super interesting. Um, 
And so I love that, like, that is sort of a thread that's connected to something else that I've read about. Mm -hmm. Um, That feels really cool. And, you know, she's a disgraced space pilot, like, done, done and done. I mean, we literally just talked about space crews uh, on the Tropes That We Love Mm -hmm. show. And so, of course, I am (laughs) so excited about this. Um, And it's got action and will they, won't they romance and, you know, is a commentary on colonialism and bigotry and prejudice. And I'm just. I'm 100% in. I'm so excited um, to read this book. So, again, that's Ocean's Gajori by Elaine Ucho, and that comes out in April from Zando Books. All right. My next pick is another YA fantasy. It is Infinity Kings, which is the third and final book in the Infinity Cycle by Adam Silvera. It is out in March. This is a series that I'm really puzzled is not more popular because mm. Adam Silvera is such a big name, especially on Book Talk. And this series just feels perfect for especially book talk like yeah i really don't know why everyone isn't already talking about it it's set in a world of superheroes who fight against those who steal magic from unwilling creatures but it's all more complicated than it first appears and it's really about these two brothers who end up on opposing sides of the conflict there is betrayal, there's really big stakes, there's an MM rivals to lovers romance, which is part of the reason that I'm like, come on, book talk, I right. would love this. <laughs> <laughs> also, the new covers are fantastic, so hopefully they get the series a little more attention. Because this is the third book, I can't really say that much about it, right. but yeah. I think you should just pick up the whole trilogy. It does have one of the most infuriating point of view characters that I've ever read, but that's oh my God. on purpose. <laughs> You're so right, though. <laughs> right? I read, so I read the first two because yeah. I moderated a panel that Adam Silvera oh, was nice. on. And this was, it was when the second book was coming out. And I yeah. agree with you. I don't understand why people aren't like videoing themselves throwing these books across the room like they're so good for that yeah yeah I think like it is partly because of that point of view character that some Mm. people just cannot read about unlikable characters which I don't understand I feel like that's such a (laughs) just to be very judgy I feel like that's such a weird (laughs) line to draw like characters don't have to be likable to be really interesting to read about but yeah, I think that's part of why it hasn't oh, taken off, sense. but yeah, hopefully this changes that. I hope so. I mean, I, it's it's a great, I'm excited to pick up that. I did not have this on my radar, so I appreciate you uh, putting it on it because I definitely need to like read it so I can yeah. yell at the characters yeah. and be like, why? Yeah. Why are you making these choices? I love you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I need closure. <laughs> I do. I need closure. I need so much closure. Awesome. All right, my last pick is... Oh, no, I'm not even close to last. LOL. I am just, like, (laughs) skipping ahead here. Okay, my next, next pick is a dystopia... It is called Archangels of Funk, as if I need to say anything more, um, (laughs) by Andrea Hairston, who, to my embarrassment, I have not read yet. Like, Hairston has published some books that are deeply beloved Mm. by, you know, fellow readers here and on the internets, um, and I have been meaning to. Every time a new book comes out, I'm like, oh, I'll read that one, and then I don't know what happens, (laughs) but um, I feel really confident about picking up this one 
because it is a uh, water wars future. Mm -hmm. And I like this is like a sub sub genre of post-apocalypse or catastrophe, you know, books that I love. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It's weird to say that I love that. But like I I find it (laughs) deeply cathartic. Let's put it that way. Um, And so it's about, you know, migrant refugees and, you know, dark, dark net lords trolling the Internet. And the main character's name is Cinnamon. Sorry, like I'm I'm dead. Like I'm deceased. Cinnamon. Um, And she has circus bots and dogs and works with like a community uh, that is, you know, trying to provide access to basic human needs for refugees. Um, And she has to take on, you know, these dark net lords and militia and like build a future for herself and her found family i cannot wait to read this book i cannot wait it sounds so good and also like archangels of funk is an amazing title for a book so andrea hairston here i come that one is on sale on may 7th and that comes from tour.com I just started reading a book that also has a main character named Cinnamon. Really? Is, yeah. It's That's fascinating. That time I got drunk and saved a demon. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> the Kimberly Lemming, right? Yeah. 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 I need to read that one, too. So many yeah. books to read. Right? That's another one. The cover. Oh, my God. The new cover. Yes. Incredible. <laughs> so good. Okay. My last pick is Womb City by Tlotlo Samasi. And... This is one I'm very intrigued by, even though I don't really understand what's happening. Like, I read the description, I read some of the early Goodreads reviews, and I'm still confused, (laughs) but I'm intrigued. It's about Neela, who is in a future Botswana where it's possible to trade consciousness between bodies. And Neela has inherited a body that was once a criminal's, which means that it is devalued and she faces a lot of judgment. And she really wants her baby to not go through the same thing. So her and her husband have rented an artificial womb so that the baby can have a perfect body instead of like a recycled body. But this is a misogynist dystopian future, and Neela's body is controlled by her husband through a microchip. Whoa. Yeah. And she kind of tries to find a little bit of freedom by having an affair and doing drugs, but then she hits someone with her car, and that might threaten everything. So she tries to bury the evidence, but then the victim's ghost comes back to haunt her. Wasn't expecting a ghost. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Sounds really intense and probably difficult for me to follow because I find that with some sci-fi and fantasy that has Mm. a lot of intense world building, but it sounds like it'd be worth it. And the reviews say it has a poetic writing style. This just sounds like a whole journey. (laughs) I'm very intrigued by it. That's fascinating. Speaking of like unlikable characters, that's a big lift. Somebody yeah. who has like, you know, done a DUI murder. Like that's yeah. intense. I know. Um, I'm not the reviews I was reading, I couldn't quite tell if you are rooting for her or right. not. Or <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. I yeah. agree with you. It 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 might not matter. Yeah. What's interesting is the journey. Yeah, sometimes. exactly. So yeah, fascinating. Yeah, that's that one's it. out in May. And that is Womb City. All right. 
Uh, my last pick uh, is another one that's just catnip to my soul. It is called Dancers of the Dawn. It's by Zuleika A. Afzal. And this has got a beautiful cover of somebody dancing, as you might expect. Um, it looks like they're wearing a sari. Um, it is, you know about how dance can be weaponized um, because in this fantasy world dancers are also magic users and assassins amazing amazing like amazing <laughs> again i am sold um and it uh it follows a young woman named asira who can wield flames and um, is serving her queen and war is looming and she's starting to question everything that she's been told about herself and what is right in this world. I felt a little bit like I'm I'm feeling some shades of Graceling, you know, which oh. I plus and I don't know if that's actually true, um, but that's a trope also that I love, like somebody mm-hmm. who has been raised to believe that they are only good for one thing and then finding right. out that they are so much more than that. Um, so I'm in for that and also dance stuff is, is my jam. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's Dancers of the Dawn. That comes out in June from One World and I cannot wait. And those are our picks. Do we do it? We did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we somehow managed to narrow we it down. S- I was just going to say we could have kept going for a while, but we yeah. fit it all in. We did good. <laughs> Thank you for coming on this journey with me, Danica. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Uh, Danica will be back actually we're going to do the stats show next yeah. time and uh, we're going to get into crunchy crunchy numbers so that'll Love be it. That'll, a good time <laughs> alright SFFIA is sound edited by Caitlin Brame many thanks to her for making us sound great each and every episode for even more anticipated books and other recommendations go to bookriot.com you can find our other podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen I think quite a few people are doing most anticipated shows so you have a bonanza of things to look forward to Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening. Email us your theme ideas, thoughts about Link, um, (laughs) you know, et cetera. Pet pictures. We'll take it all. SFFYeah at bookriot.com. You could also review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. It helps other people to find us online. And speaking of finding us, Danica, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me at all the books. You can find me at the newsletter, Our Queer Shelves, and also my book blog, lesbury.com, L-E-S-B-R-A-R-Y.com. What about you? So I am dipping a toe back in the social media waters mm-hmm. um, from my hiatus. I actually went back on Litzy. Remember oh. Litzy? Yeah, it's still going. <laughs> uh, there's still people over there posting. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Maybe I'll do that. Um, so you can now find me on Litzy and Tumblr as Jen IRL. And that's J-E-N-N-I-R-L. And we will talk to you next time. 